Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us on patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. I was told you were coming. The competition is a beautiful thing. We're Slayer's girlfriend, the chosen two. Why should we let him take off? Gosh, I'm feeling chipper. <laughs> Who's for a root beer? Jeez. I don't like vampires. You take a stand and say they're not good. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way. You know what that means, boys and girls. It's time for Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Today we are reviewing Season 3, Episode 16, Doppelgangland. Doppelgangland? Does that mean there's two of us? No. Just the two of us. <laughs> I don't know where I was going you know, with that. Doppelgangland actually sounds like a title we would have come up for an episode of our podcast. I'm sure in some other dimension, probably. Meaning that it's a bad title. <laughs> on purpose? Yeah. Okay. Like, the, most of our titles are bad titles on purpose. Yeah. So how are you, Josh? Well, that's swell. <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> oh? I have a car. You do have a car. It's a pretty car. We mentioned that on the last episode, we by did? the way. Yeah. Oh, well, fine. This is what I have to deal with, everybody. <laughs> Rex the goldfish in his tiny little ineffectual forearms. <laughs> he couldn't even reach the beer before we started. It was a good distance away. He had to, I had to run to the store and get him two of those little grabby claws. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I wash myself with a rag on a stick. God. I'm going to stop you on that one right there. <laughs> yeah? Uh, yeah. You stop me from washing you with a rag on a stick? No. Or washing no, myself but... with a rag on a stick? Or from telling everybody that you wash yourself with a rag anyway, on a stick? Anyway, moving on. Before we get into the podcast today, I want to give a shout out to one of our, probably our biggest fan. Fred? No, not someone we know. I don't know Fred. Well... I know Fred. I've known Fred most of my life. How much can you really know Fred? He is quite fucking weird. You're weird, Fred. Yeah, drop dead, Fred. <laughs> That's a movie. <laughs> anyway, no. I think we've mentioned her on the podcast before, but we definitely, if we did, pronounced her name wrong. Her name is Ale. Oh, you mean Ale? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course we've mentioned Ale on the podcast before. We're going to be doing a whole nother podcast called Ale with Angel. Isn't that about her? No. No, it's not about her. This whole time? <laughs> I bring up Ale because she she has a YouTube channel called Ale from the Heart, and she reviewed our podcast along with a couple other podcasts, gave us five stars. Thank you very much for that. Five stars. Goddamn. Be like Ale. <laughs> Give us five stars. <laughs> On top of that, she's also one of our Patreon patrons. The point being, she reviewed our podcast. We will link to her YouTube video in a future tweet. Link. Yes, Link. Like That's what I'm fucking saying, Link. Like, like from Zelda. Wait, Link isn't Zelda? you have Zelda? a fucking problem with my diction? You're so mean to me. I especially have a problem with your dictionary. Or your thesaurus. You tiny armed little thesaurus. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. All right. So today we have a super special, never before happened, except maybe two or three other times, segment 
You've all heard of it, everybody. It's called Friends and also Ravi's Messages. Yay! Whee! And the peasants <laughs> rejoice. <laughs> I think and we're out of peasants. They were forced to eat Robin's <laughs> minstrels. And there was much rejoicing. <laughs> We've run out of Robin's minstrels. <laughs> Can we eat Fred's minstrels instead? Why, yes. Yes, we can. Yes. All right. Let's move on with this shit. And let's let's have a listen to Fred's first message. Because, you know, people aren't actually calling in and leaving messages. So we're just going to keep asking Fred to make fake ones and subject you to them until you like them. God damn it. I'm sorry, Keanu, damn it. Yeah. Get it fucking right. That's my bad. Yeah. All right. First message. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Vince Picknick. Do you like Sarah Michelle Giller? Are your names Josh and Rex, and you clearly want to have an all-man four-way with Seth Green and James freaking Marsters? Do you like brewskis? Ha! Well, then do I have the podcast for you. Bear with Buffy. <laughs> it's a winner. Well, how can I get a hold of this show? You know, maybe leave a voicemail. Interact with the host. All you got to do, my friend, is just remember this little day. 269 All right, so this is a paid gig, right? Oh, famous in this room. It's a nice room. Yeah, it's pretty dark. Lit. Oh, oh, hello. <laughs> oh, my, your teeth are quite... Oh, God! Oh, God, she's biting me! So let me get this straight, Fred. Your guy got murdered doing a phone message. Why don't you stop hiring thugs from bars, Fred? Especially for (laughs) voiceovers. Without their own backup music. Like you're now you're shoving off the (laughs) the actual musical aspect of this onto our composer. Yeah. Wow. This sure is quite the deal, Fred. What was his name? Vince Thickneck? I think that's what I heard. Because that's not what the Google transcription said. No, that's entirely inaccurate, I think. So, Fred, I just thought this was funny. Google thought you said, my name is Vince Picnic. (laughs) I'm fairly certain Google was wrong, but that's what it thought you said. A little bit. (laughs) Well, you know, the best thing about killing your employees. Do tell. You don't have to pay them. And they're tax-free. That's true. Yeah. But you have to pay someone to kill them, though. I mean, I didn't hire anybody to kill your dude, Fred, so I think that's pretty weird that it went down that way. It occurs to me, though, if you, rather than pay someone, you have them killed, then you have to pay the person that you had kill them, so you have to have them killed, so then you have to pay to have them killed, and you kill them... It's a never-ending cycle of murdering employees. So business as usual. American business as usual. (laughs) I think you just described capitalism, Rex. (laughs) Oh, and uh, no, Vince, or not Fred. (laughs) Definitely wasn't Fred, right? So, uh, no, we do not want to have a four-way with James Marsters and Seth Green. Okay, Four is a crowd. I can see where you'd get the idea, though. I mean... Also, I don't want to share Oz with you. We, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't want to share James Marsters with you. If anything, it's going to be two separate threesomes. Yeah. 
So fuck your foursome, Vince. Whoever you are, Vince Thickneck. At least he's dead. It's the worst porn name (laughs) I have ever heard. But yeah, no, we really haven't done much to dissuade the idea. (laughs) I can't possibly see how you could come to the conclusion that either of us would be in any way sexually interested in any of the men or women on this TV show. Not once, not twice, but three times a lady. Or Seth Green or James Barnes, uh, really. We're going to really struggle dissuading them in this episode that we're not sexually attracted to anybody. I, I stopped trying a long time ago. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Oh, and real quick, here's this message from Rafi. We got to you as fast as we could. You're a very high priority to us, and your call will be answered in the order in which it was received. This message, by the way, is from July 5th. We're very backed up, you see. <laughs> Really, July 5th? We're we're so backlogged, we just couldn't possibly get to it until right now. We really don't pay enough attention to that damn voicemail. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, yeah, we've been keeping up with it really well. Anyway, here's Rafi's message. (laughs) Hey, what's up, Josh and Rex? This is Rafi. First of all, I want to tell Rex, don't tell people on the internet what you hate, because then that's all you're going to get. But, you know, irregardless, as for Xander on the skateboard... They were going to have him skateboard more, but it was just too hard to film. So they just have him carrying a skateboard. He never rides it except for that first episode. And then finally, that line from Harmony about Todd going for third with Ginger out out in front of everyone. So what do we think that is? Because going for third is like below the belt. Well, the, the comment is obviously slut-shaming the girls, right? That's something Harmony would do. But what is she doing? Was, like, Ted trying to f*** her in front of everyone? Was she f***ing him in front of everyone? Was he, like, f***ing on her? Or was she giving him an a- I think those are the four options. Just wondering what you guys thought of that. All right. Call you guys next week. First of all, Rafi, you're not nearly drunk enough. We specifically had requests for more drunk voicemails. And if you can't take direction, then I'm not sure exactly what your future is here at Beer with Buffy. Okay. Um, your pay is definitely getting docked. So from zero down to you owe us five dollars a month. <laughs> if you'd like to pay Beer with Buffy five dollars a month, check out our Patreon. You can too at <laughs> www.patreon.com forward slash Beer with Buffy. <laughs> All right. I mean, I guess that makes sense that they would have gotten rid of the skateboard thing just because it was hard to film. I get that. And, you know, it's not really that important to his character. Right. Whatever. Did we ever even see him carrying a skateboard, though? I don't feel like we ever did. Like, we only brought it up in that episode because this is. You're referring to The Wish, yeah. uh, the one that we entitled Can't Delia. I'm still really fucking proud of that <laughs> title, by the way. So we just want to clear up what Ravi said in the last part of that message was, remember in the episode The Wish or Can't Delia when we said Harmony was talking in the hallway about Todd and Susie right, going right. to third base, and we were like, oh my god, third fucking base? That's like, like super sexual, like everything except for actual intercourse intercourse yeah yeah. Uh, but we had to cut you off there ravi because yes we're an explicit adult podcast but holy christ on a cracker (laughs) we're gonna have to charge nine dollars a minute for that conversation okay yeah that was that was a bit much my little heart goes a -a (laughs) pitta-patta 
Mostly, I think it just comes down to, can we really trust Harmony's fucking view of what the goddamn bases are? Yeah. I mean, I probably didn't know till my mid-twenties for sure which base meant what. I'm still fuzzy on it. (laughs) I'm not fucking sure. I'm positive that a home run means you got laid, at the very least. And I've always assumed that first base was kissing. Yeah. Beyond there, I fuck if I know. Yeah, no, first base is kissing, second base is getting to grope something, and third base, as you so succinctly put it, Rafi, is anything below the belt. And I honestly don't think we really need to get any more specific than that. They're all yeah, wildly inappropriate <laughs> in high school. Yes. During class or anytime <laughs> at school on campus. Uh, uh, whatever. So we still have one more message from Fred. <laughs> this should be entertaining. Joshua! What am I doing in Fred's apartment? Joshua! Oh, he's a very nice man. Yes, he's a very thorough and gracious host. He's really opened my eyes to so many new things, broadened my horizons in television. Yes, he has me watching a show called Torchwood. There's even an episode that has that James Masters fellow you like so much. You know him, the one that gives you the happy feeling in your pants. Hey, Josh's mom, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just leaving him a voicemail. I don't want him to worry that James Masters is such a nice body. I used to have a nice body until you destroyed it while I gave birth to you. Uh, Josh's mom, I, I got another episode queued up on my TV in, in the bedroom. Uh, maybe we should watch it together. Oh, okay, apparently we're going to watch another episode. Oh, oh my. Man, it's going to be an extended episode. Bye! Mom? <laughs> what are you doing with Fred? And why are you so much less emotionally abusive when you're at Fred's? I see what's going on here. What's going on there? I think Fred's my father. That makes no sense. And if you're not, you're uh, apparently gunning to be my stepfather. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to have to ask what your intentions are towards my mother here, Fred. (laughs) I'm really not sure how I feel about this. (laughs) But I mean, as long as you make her happy, then wow, that's a lot to take in. Maybe that's what she said. Maybe it will allow you to finally go through a fucking episode without being interrupted. That's an interesting theory, Rex. Joshua! What are you doing, Joshua? Well, I'm trying to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer uninterrupted as per usual. Well, I just got back from Fred's house and I was watching Torchwood, but I stopped paying attention about halfway through. I was wondering if you could finish the episode for me and tell me what happened. No! No, I can't! And what in God's name are you doing at Fred's house? You know, I'm not really sure why I do anything anymore, Joshua. I feel like this entire bit has gotten a bit derivative. I know, right? I mean, other people are doing the voice. People are referencing you all over the place. We're going to put your fucking slogan on the back of a t-shirt what do you mean the part where i say joshua what are you doing joshua (laughs) we're putting your slogan on the back of a t-shirt that's what (laughs) all right well for fuck's sake just tell me about buffy the vampire slayer this week i'm having the warm fuzzy feelings all over again and i don't even know what to do about it well that's because sexy villo is back 
So Anya's trying to get her powers back and she tried to use Willow because her like demon keeper or lord or whoever he was definitely denied her and told her that she just has to live out her mortal life and die. But she's way too bored by 12th graders. So that is just not going to happen. Not if Anya has anything to say about it. So she recruits Willow to try and fix up this spell to do a temporal fold. And it goes fairly wrong and accidentally brings Vampire Willow from the episode The Wish back into this Sunnydale. And hilarity ensues. Also, extra hilarity ensues because Faith reports back to the mayor, whom we now know that she works for as of the ending of last episode. Indeed. Yeah. And he immediately is like, oh, well, I think we need to kill Willow then. And so some vampires mistake vampire Willow for real world Willow and more hilarity ensues. And a big old siege standoff happens at the bronze and then everything turns out fine. Yeah. More details on that in a moment. Yes. That's very interesting, Joshua. I think you need to get to the damn episode already. Wow, think you can take me? Thanks, B. So the episode opens in random underground layer D24, not to be confused with B25, which looks similar, but it's more of a mirror image of the two units. Damn it. I was looking at the schematics for C26. Also close, but the back wall's wider in D24. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it's got that same style of piping. Yeah, it does. Also, there may be velociraptors. Yeah. But the <laughs> velociraptors are in E6. Most of the E's actually have velociraptors. How do you know that? I I have the owner's manual for random layers. They didn't issue one? (laughs) Nobody tells me anything, Rex. (sighs) Who the hell is in charge around here? (laughs) Edgar. Who is out cold. That's why things are pretty lax. (laughs) (laughs) So Anya's trying to get her powers back. I did not write down the name of this guy. De Hoffren. De Hoffren. He's talking to De Hoffren. And she wants her damn powers back, but he's like, no, you fucked up. You're fired. (laughs) Denied. (laughs) And she's like, well, if you won't help me, I'll find someone who will. I don't know. Golden reference to Wayne's World here. No stairway. Denied. Whoa. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) So cut to the schoolyard. Where Willow's floating a pencil and Buff's doing some sit-ups crunches specifically okay they were more crunches she wasn't sitting up all the way which i think they've pretty much proven now that crunches don't do shit no they don't and they're actually bad for your back Uh and they don't build your core properly yep because your core is designed for stabilization of the spine so the best way to build your core is to do exercises that require your core to stabilize your spine yeah like push-ups yes or just planks lunges are good for that sure especially lunges with some weight mm-hmm yeah so this just turned into an exercise podcast if you want to hear beer with buffy 
Continue listening right now. Continue listening. Don't go anywhere. We're going to get right back to it. And this joke has gone absolutely nowhere. Buffy's talking about like some sort of Slayer assessment that her and Faith are going under. Yeah. uh, Where they're testing their physical attributes, their mental attributes, their psyche. (laughs) Yes. I wonder why they're testing that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No, I think it's all just part of their regular scheduled programming. That's what they make it sound like anyway. Yeah. Like, actually, though, that's the Watcher's Council does this kind of assessment. I don't know if it's once a year or at regular intervals of some sort. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. All I really remember is that... It's definitely better than locking them in a goddamn shitty hotel with a fucking evil serial killer vampire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you asked me that question, Rex. And the answer is Yes. So all I really remember is that Faith's name comes up and Buffy tries to be like, no, I'm sorry. I don't mean to make you talk about Faith. I know you don't like talking about Faith. And Willow's like, no, it's fine. (laughs) Everything's fine. And the pencil spins out of control and embeds itself into a fucking tree trunk. She impales a tree. Yeah. But normally it's trees impaling things in this show. Trees feel pain too, Rex. Actually, they, they have found that that is kind of true. Yeah, I know. That's why I said it. (laughs) Anyway, so Buffy quips emotional control, huh? Willow says, I'm working on it. Because they established only moments before that that's part of her ability to control the pencil spinning in front of her. Also magic. I do want to point out the line that Willow said is, how come the sudden calisthenics? Aren't you sort of naturally buff buff? And she laughs (laughs) to herself. Buff, buff, buff. Very pleased with herself. Yes. Quintessential classic Willow. Absolutely. Opening sequence. Then we cut to Snyder's office. Snyder, you're back. Welcome back, buddy. Long time no see. Where have you been? The Leaning Tower of Cheese. <laughs> Sorry, I just kind of, I accidentally started doing the Polly Shore voice and I had to go through with the... So, <laughs> so Snyder is recruiting Willow. Uh, simply put here, he's pretty much forcing Willow to tutor this asshole jock who doesn't want to do any of his own fucking homework. The way he words it is a bit silly, which has Willow very confused. She's like, you want us to breed? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, you're, you're a match made in heaven sort of circumstance thing. Yeah. Says, but- no, I want you to tutor him. He's debating with Willow, and Willow's like, I have homework and stuff to do. Snyder's response is pretty much, oh, no, you don't. He says, you got a letter of acceptance from every university with a stamp. Yeah, what did he mean by that, anyway? Any university that can purchase postage stamps gave (laughs) her a letter of acceptance. I was thinking, like, a rubber stamp. Uh, Like I was like, well, I mean, you definitely have to pay a graphic designer to come up with a good crest or something. Or maybe an acceptance stamp. Sure. Like a, uh, a red yeah. inked acceptance stamp. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right, though, about the postage stamp is what he meant. So that makes way more sense. Then cut to the library. Willow is rightfully so complaining about Snyder's forcing her and not threatening her, but threatening her with having to tutor Percy. Willow is specifically lamenting about how Snyder assumes everyone else's time belongs to him and then is comically interrupted by Giles telling her to get on the computer for him. 
Which is only funny because we know Giles doesn't normally do that. Right. And it's just, it's funny for the moment, whatever. So Willow's trying to look up some of the mayor's files and hack into them. Faith and Wesley walk in. They've obviously been doing some running. And uh, Wesley has not been doing enough running in his life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, Faith is also 17 years old. Try keeping up with a 17-year-old. Yeah. And he's obviously probably about our age here yeah honestly and uh, i know i couldn't especially keep up with an athletic 17 year old let alone an athletic 17 year old with superpowers yeah no shit i'm not really blaming wesley at all for this why the fuck did his test involve him running with her yeah that makes no sense stand on the fucking sideline hold the watch that's what you do yeah anyway but faith is super playing nicey nice yeah, way too much. I dude, <laughs> I wanted to bury Faith in a field when Buffy walks by because it's her turn to go out with Wesley now, and yep. she gives her this playful shove, and she's like, "Good luck," and like was really trying to mean it and failed. Yeah, definitely. And then she inquires as to what Willow's doing. You know, basically spying on Willow. Yeah, pretending to be interested in what yep. Willow's doing. She's like, oh, that's interesting. Cut straight to the mayor's office. I, I also wrote down the mayor's office, but it's not the mayor's office. It's Faith's new apartment. Oh, yeah, you're right. And Faith tattles on what Willow's doing. Yeah, Faith's new sugar daddy pad. Yeah. He's talking about how he wanted her out of the place she was living yeah, so his line is, no slayer of mine is going to live in a flea bag hotel. That place has a very unsavory reputation. There are immoral liaisons going on there. Yeah, plus all the screwing. Because, <laughs> yeah, Faith's vocabulary ain't so good, none. And then she starts jumping on the bed, and he's like, hey, not your sh- take your shoes off. Yeah, I'm like it's it's her bed, dude. You can't just stand around and tell her what to do all day. She runs up to him. She grabs his lapels and kind of tugs him towards her face just a wee bit. Yeah, and she says, "Thanks, sugar daddy." It's creepy and the mayor knows it's creepy. Yeah, well, I sh- frankly I think she'd have been all about jumping his bones. She's so happy that he's given her this swanky pad. Yeah. And but his line is now faith. I don't find that sort of thing amusing. I'm a family man, which I really like that they're keeping his character away from the sexy place and not making him that yeah. kind of a creep. Yeah. Like he is staunchly, purely just the I'm a eat you and murder you kind of evil. Right. Which he proves very next line. Now let's kill your little friend. <laughs> yeah. So he's a monster with Good, wholesome family fucking values, goddammit. You gotta draw the line somewhere in your morality. You really do, goddammit. Just kill people, ascend to godhood, that's fine. And then get your haircut. He needs to finally get that haircut. So, uh, he briskly implies that he doesn't mean for her to kill Willow. We know now that he meant Willow. um, But rather by vampires. (laughs) Fuck it. He's like... Hey, I think, if I'm not mistaken, some lucky girl here has a PlayStation. (laughs) This is the first time we've really seen him grin with full teeth. Right. And his cheeks, the way... It's so 
creepy. It's disturbing. Just the shape of this man's face, this real person. Nothing to do with him being evil at all. Just your smile terrifies me, sir. It legitimately makes me think of the animated version of The Grinch. Yeah. Yes, actually, it really did. Too much teeth for comfort. Mm Mm-hmm. Way too much teeth. It was very toothy. I think he practiced that in the mirror. Right? <laughs> I just love the family circus. That, that, that EJ. Voice tower. That, that, that EJ. Longer than you can imagine. Everyone's a winner, 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 winner. Never have the chance, never have the chance. Everyone's a winner. That's sunshine and roses to me. It really is. Beer with Buffy would like to announce a t-shirt contest. Till August 31st, midnight, Eastern Time. If you submitted an iTunes review, take a screenshot of you submitting the iTunes review and email that screenshot to us, you'll be entered in a drawing for the t-shirt. Full contest rules will be on our Patreon. Like you guys! It's totally a contest! Cut to school where Willow runs into Oz. Hey, Oz, you still exist. And she's like, oh, where were you? And he obviously wasn't in the last episode. Because he had a show. He yeah. had a different show. He's cheating on our show, Yeah, Rex. <laughs> so Yes, he's cheating on our show. That is correct. He is fully aware of our podcast. Oz, not Seth Green. Oz, specifically, is cheating on Beer with Buffy with his concert. Yes. So, But Willow thinks that Oz thinks that she's boring. He doesn't think that. Obviously. Well, she's feeling super self-conscious yeah. and just kind of looking for places to displace her anger because there's really nothing she can do about this Snyder situation yeah. right now. And this is when we learn that Dingo's Ate My Baby are playing at the bronze tonight. And he invites her. But she has homework to do. But she can't go because he rightfully assumed that she has, you know, responsibilities and shit. They part ways... The scene follows her outside when she chases down Percy. Yes. And Percy is an asshole who expects Willow to do all the homework. Percy is a worthless pile of stinking awful. He just completely assumes that 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 his interpretation of Snyder at that meeting that we just saw meant that Willow was supposed to do his homework for her or for him. What a load of horse shit. Anyway, but Willow just kind of has to take it. And after he leaves, she's all mad and she pulls out a banana and she says, I'm eating this now. It's not lunchtime. I don't even care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Buffy and Xander walk up with the worst timing possible for Xander to ask for help with biology. Yeah. Which she did get a recording of. Right. And to be fair, they weren't like asking her to do homework or anything. They were just asking her... For their recording of the class. For a copy of the tape that she had. But they call her Old Reliable. And there's kind of a funny little exchange here. Yep. Uh, Willow says, no, it's fine. I'm Old Reliable. Xander says, "Uh, she just means, you know, the geyser. You're like a geyser of fun that goes off at regular intervals. Willow says, that's Old Faithful. (laughs) Xander's like, isn't that the dog that the guy had to shoot? That's old Yeller. Xander, stop helping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's basically what Buffy says. She says, I yeah. beg you not to help me, Xander. 
But Willow doesn't like being boring. And Willow wants to storm off mad about, you know, being boring. And Buffy's like, oh, no, Willow, and tries to chase her down. And she's like, well, this storming off thing only works if you don't follow me. And cut to the stairwell. Inside to when Anya stops her. At first, Willow thinks that Anya's going to ask for help with homework. But no, Anya wants help with the magic shit. And... Willow is definitely intrigued and relieved, and this is just what she fucking needed. Yeah. And she says, is it dangerous? <laughs> Anya very much lies, and is like, oh no. Well, can we pretend that it is? Yep, cut to <laughs> random classroom where they're doing a magic. So what she's trying to do here is go back in time and also cross over dimensional paths, which is kind of technically the same thing. Yeah. So that she can get that necklace back and keep it from being destroyed, which happened in the episode The Wish. Yes. Or in Beer with Buffy episode titles, Can't Delia. Because Cordelia really couldn't Delia. No, she can't. <laughs> ah, never thought I'd get to come back to that. That makes me happy. So, uh, as they're casting this spell over this plate with some colored sand and some chicken feet, whatever... Um, Willow gets a flashback of everything that happened yep. in that other timeline that everybody had forgotten about except for Anya. But the spell doesn't work and Willow nopes the fuck out of there. Well, the the spell doesn't work because Willow freaks out at the images that she's getting. So the sand lands on her hand and not the plate where the the representation of the necklace is. So the, the sand hits her hand, so it pulls the willow from the other universe rather than the necklace from the other universe. Oh, her hand wasn't supposed to be there? No. That's weird. But she was freaking out because of the hellscape that she was seeing. Yeah. And right before she nopes out of there, when Anya's like, I'm just trying to get my necklace, her response is, did you try looking inside the sofa in hell? <laughs> yeah, I did not catch that. That's amazing. <laughs> and then my favorite part is, though, she's like, Anya, magic is dangerous. And she was just like wanting to pretend that this was dangerous. Right? Yeah, no, a little too dangerous. Like, ironically, more dangerous than Willow's comfortable with. Even yep. though Anya just lied about it being dangerous at all. Anyway, so as Willow's grabbing her chicken feet and going the fuck home, Anya huffily smashes the plate with the necklace drawing depicted on it, which immediately drags Willow, or Vampire Willow, from the other dimension yep. into Sunnydale proper. Yep. Oopsie. And we get her strolling down the street and being just... All aghast that everyone's so happy and alive. <laughs> she growls at some old lady that just wants directions or something. And she does what, honestly, I, she should do at this point. She goes to the, the bronze. Yeah. Because that's where the master was before. Sure. And that's just where you go to gauge the normalcy of the situation. Yeah. Like in Kalamazoo, if we accidentally had a temporal shift and needed to figure out when and where the fuck we were, we would go to our coffee shop. That would legitimately be the best gauge of what the fuck is going on time-wise. secondarily, our bar. Because if we walked into our bar and it wasn't the right bartender, I would be very confused and upset. Granted, 
I wouldn't know what that place was supposed to look like 20 years ago. Yeah, true. Anyway, we're at the bronze. The bronze. The bronze. Thank you. I almost and forgot. We get to hear the band K's Choice. Oh, okay. Is that who that was? Yeah. It actually, at one point, shows the chalkboard at the door, and it says K's Choice. Oh, okay. So. Did you look up that band? Or I they did. Before seeing the chalkboard in the later scene, I did look it up. They're, like, Belgian or something. Okay. Are they still going? Did no. they, like, get a jump start off of Buffy or no, anything? They're, they're not still going. Um, or at least K's Choice specifically is not still going, but all the members are still in different Still active and, musicians, yeah, still otherwise. Active. Yep. That's good. Good for them. I'm quite sure that a girl with the talents and abilities of Buffy will land on her feet. In fact, I noticed as I came in this morning that a hot dog on a stick is hiring. It will look so cute in that hat. She runs into Percy, of all people. <laughs> and Percy thinks it's the other Willow. But we also, as the viewers, aren't sure yet... If this is our Willow or Vampire Willow, or if it's some weird melding, like, did our Willow get turned into a vampire? Which right. set of memories does she have? Or are there two of them? We don't know yet. But no, we get the answer right away because she runs into Percy and Percy's like, hey, you need to be at home doing my fucking homework. He legitimately says, I own you. And her response is, bored now. Bored now. <laughs> And yeah, I, I literally squeed chilling. It was just so fucking perfect. <laughs> Allison Hannigan does it so fucking beautifully. Her delivery of just that very simple line is too perfect. Yeah. You know what she did? She opened up Percy's asshole. Did she crawl in? Stepped inside and she closed the door behind her. Yeah. She left behind some beer bottles, some Snickers wrappers too? and some Snickers wrappers. That's just what you do. That's what you do. <laughs> and that's what they serve at the bronze. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Snickers and beer. She's about to kill Percy, very obviously. Has him by the throat. He's off the ground. Mm -hmm. And the dichotomy here between the two characters and just the fact that it's tiny little Willow. <laughs> and then Xander in the background is like, oh, did someone say something funny? And sees what's going on. Runs up trying to save Willow from Percy. Mm-hmm. But lo and behold, that's not what's happening. She's really happy to see Xander. She's like, Xander, you're alive, and hugs him. And then I love that she more disgustedly is like, oh, you're alive. She does grab his ass. Oh, did she? Yes. <laughs> because he's like, oh, hands oh. in places <laughs> they shouldn't be. Hands, hands, yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. And so... Buffy comes in and she says, hey, Xander, aren't you going to introduce me to holy God, your willow? <laughs> uh, heavy candidate for la for quote of the day right there. I have a qualm. A qualm? Yeah. Where did you acquire this qualm, Rex? The line's wrong. It's wrong. It's written wrong. It's performed wrong. It's just completely wrong because it should be. Aren't you going to introduce me to your holy Keanu, your Willow? Oh, Keanu, damn it. Sarah Michelle Geller, we're going to have to have words with you. <laughs> you got some splaining to do. But yeah, Willow doesn't want any of this shit. She's very unhappy. Sorry, 
Villo doesn't want any of this shit. She's Thank very you. unhappy that everyone's not dead. No <laughs> one's being terrorized. This place is too fucking happy. That is problematic <laughs> at best. I couldn't agree more. And so she storms off just yeah. like other Willow did. <laughs> yeah. Buffy tries to stop her, but she turns around, vamps ever so slightly, and growls at Buffy. Yeah, that'll teach Buffy to cut off Willow's good storm off. Yeah. Yeah. Again. I know, right? Learn. Learn from past experiences. And learn to respect boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, your friends turn into vampires and try to eat you. But they freeze in shock because they saw Willow as a vampire and they're like, holy fuck, what happened? Holy fuck, Willow's dead. Yeah. Is the first thing their mind does. And rightfully so. Yep. So cut to outside where (laughs) vampires try to kill Willow. (laughs) Yep, because they think that she's our Willow. She's... Oh, I love this scene so much. Yeah. <laughs> you you go ahead and tell it. The fight ha- is nothing spectacular. Yeah, I have my issues with the finger breaking. I didn't find it very convincing, really. I like the delivery of the lines, though, because she is got the vampire on the ground. She's stepping on his face. Well, Allison Hannigan just plays evil so fucking well. Yes. That yes. that definitely makes the whole episode. So, I mean, the scene is... The reason why she plays evil so well is the reason why Spike is also so good. Because it is a character who really, really gets off on just being the bad guy. Okay. Spike is amazing because Spike is always having a damn good time. He is, yeah, and he's not getting his head up his ass about it. And Villo is having a damn good time. Yes, she is. And she finds out very quickly that these vampires work for the mayor and even just as quickly (laughs) converts them to her own service. Yep. And thusly... Man, that is why, like, her and Xander were the master's, like, front two go-to vampires. I have a theory of why Xander and Willow became such ruthless fucking vampires. And why, in turn, why Spike and Angel became such ruthless vampires. Because all four of them, when they were human before dying, were utter fucking losers in society. They were outcasts and nerds and otherwise really good people. Right. Well, for the most part. I mean, Xander, meh. So once they died and became vampires, the good people part of their soul left. And all they had was that society had been beating them fucking down their whole life. Oh, okay. I can see that. So they're nothing but cold evil on a level that no other characters would have achieved. And more on that later. Because there's that moment with uh, Willow being worried about her alternative personality. Yeah. And we get a little bit of canonization out of what you're theorizing and pontificating about right now. But we'll talk about that when we get there. So, Willow plans to make Sunnydale fun again. I've heard that slogan before. (laughs) Talk about a show that's ahead of its time. Right. Cut to the library. Where Buffy and Xander are very upset. And they tell Giles about Willow. And Giles is also upset. 
Everyone's really fucking sad. They're all very forlornly, or I'm sorry, forlornly mourning Willow's passing. Okay, so there was this awesome little exchange between uh, Giles and Xander. Giles says, she was truly the finest of all of us. And Xander says, way better than me. Much, much better. <laughs> oh, the delivery's just so good. Gold. That's definitely up there for my quotes of the day. I'm just trying to keep better mental track of that as we go along. Yeah. Yeah. And then Earth One Willow comes in. <laughs> <laughs> Not from Percy I Omicron 8. Yes. <laughs> Omicron Percy I 8? I don't know. Whatever. The one from Futurama. Xander jumps up first to combat Willow puts a cross in her face. She obviously doesn't respond to it. And he like looks at it and shakes it like it's broken, like you would a flashlight. <laughs> yeah. And then puts it back in her face. Yeah, that was gold. Thank you, Nicholas Brendan. I well, I'd like to think that you thought of that yourself. They realize that it's actually Willow and not Villow. And Xander hugs her and then Buffy hugs her. And then Giles looks like he's just going to stand there and look at her. And then Giles runs up and hugs her real quick and real quick and says, oh, sorry, because even in the 90s, you could still get sued for touching students. Yes. Yeah. And then they step back and Willow's like, say, you all didn't happen to do a bunch of drugs, did you? I want to burn it as a gif with sound into the back of my eyelids because I loved listening to and watching her say that. When I looked up who the band was, it also will give some added information behind the scenes. And literally every member of the cast thought this scene was like just the funniest goddamn scene to shoot. <laughs> and it really is gold. Interesting. But Buffy's like, uh, Giles, can you explain what's going on? His response is, well, uh, something very strange is happening. Xander says, can you believe the Watcher's Council let this guy go? Hell, who says Vaudeville's dead? <laughs> you go, Xander. Dig this. Dig this. Sorry you had to wait. Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. And water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. With what? A desk. Cut back to Duh Bronze. Duh Bronze. Oz bemusedly tells his bandmate that they don't need a roadie because they only know three chords, whereas other real bands can play six, sometimes seven, completely different chords. And as his bandmate poignantly points out, that's only the fruity jazz bands. So. <laughs> I don't know enough about music to know any. whether there's any truth behind anything said here. It's a joke at how little they actually know about music. <laughs> because playing guitar is easy if you play it the way Oz plays it. Specifically. <laughs> yes, exactly. Anya tries to buy a beer, and that's hilarious. Yeah, so now we know for good and goddamn sure that the bronze definitely sells booze. Yep. So, because I don't think we'd ever actually heard them say it before. Like, we were pretty sure. Right. And, of course, Angel shows up looking for Buffy, because Buffy, we have a problem. <laughs> he doesn't say that, sadly. Um, he, However, 
Oz was like, are you looking for Buffy? And he's like, as usual. Yep. Hey, oh, see, because vaudeville's not dead. No. Thank you very much. There's a lot of those kind of lines. This this entire episode is very heavy with that humor. Very quotable. Yeah. So suddenly some vampires loudly break down the fucking door like the goddamn Kool-Aid man. Yeah. And take over the fucking bronze. The bronze is officially under siege. And Oz, you know, as quintessentially stoic as he is, fails to show very much emotion at all. Up until Villo comes into the room. And that's the moment where he says, Angel, you need to get the fuck out of here and get Buffy right now. Because Willow is like the only thing that Oz gives a flying leap of fuck about. His line is, Angel, get Buffy. Do it now. And he delivers it in a manner that Oz does not speak in. Yes. A very much do this now. Do it now. Exactly. <laughs> Anytime, though, that Villo is on the screen, Allison Hannigan steals the fucking show. Like, she is the center of goddamn attention. And whether she's Villo or Willow. But especially as the villain. Sure. And I mean, that's specifically by design, especially in this episode. So Angel quickly scales a rope and gets the fuck out of there while Villo grabs a random girl and eats her uh, a little bit. Yeah. You know, in the very literal sense of sucks her blood dry and lets her fall to the ground dead. And it's a threat to everybody in the room. Like... Everybody cooperate, or that's going to be you. Oz runs up to Villo, and he's like, what the hell are you doing? And Anya steps in and actually explains that this is not the Willow that Oz knows. This is Villo from the Bizarro Earth. Yeah, because Villo's like, how dare you be so familiar with me, mortal? Yep. And Anya's like, wrong dimension, dummy. Hey, guess who else needs to get back to your dimension? Me. And then we cut back to the library. Yep, where Buffy, Willow, Xander, and Giles are talking. Buffy says, It was exactly you, Will. Every detail. Except for you not being a dominatrix, as far as we know. And Willow's like, Oh, right. Me and Oz play Mistress of Pain every night. And Xander says, Did anyone else just go to a scary visual place? Buffy says, Oh, yeah. And my favorite part here is the subtlety of the shot of Giles raising his glasses in agreement. Like, uh, oh, yes. Oh, very much so. He didn't even need to say it, but we could all feel it. Enter Angel with... Buffy, there's a problem. Literally, finally, (laughs) actually to Buffy. Buffy, there's a problem. (laughs) And it's beautiful. Three seasons coming together. Yep. In culmination. It's amazing. And he's like, Willow's dead. And... Hi, Willow. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, looks back at her, very confused. And they're like, we're right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where it all comes together. They they realize that there's two Willows. And one of them's evil. One of them's not. And he's evil! Yeah. <laughs> 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 And no, that to look into my face is to look into the face of evil. Just imagine Willow saying that now. Yes. 
And that's, yeah, approximately hilarious. Wouldn't it? Hey, Allison Hannigan, we know you listen to our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? Simon and Hecubus? The the ultimate pit of darkness skit from Kids in the Hall. If you could just play that. Yeah, as as Vampire Willow. That'd be great. Awesome. Thanks so much. So, (laughs) (laughs) So they all fuck off to fight Willow. Pointedly not inviting Faith because there's civilians. They don't want her around civilians yet because she murders civilians. Yeah. Not on purpose. Bad but habit on her But, part. you know, yeah, she really needs to cut that out. But, you know, as I found with quitting smoking, you really just need to leave people alone and they'll get around to it when it's the right time for them. So, you know, Faith will stop killing civilians when it's really right for her. You know, she needs to get herself in the right mental place first. Otherwise, it's never going to stick. She's just going to resent you for making her stop killing civilians. And that's going to be problematic at best for everybody. She might end up killing you. Uh, I I don't think murdering and smoking are the same thing. They're exactly the same thing. So Willow turns around because she needs to go back to the library to do something with the computer. I don't know. It was all a bunch of hooey because it was really just a, a cheap writer's trick to get her alone where Willow... Pops up out of nowhere. Yep. And is all over that shit. I'm dating. I, I'm having serious dating with a werewolf. And I'm studying witchcraft and, and killing vampires. It's like a drug. And the effect where they had both willows on the screen at the same time was pretty fucking decent. It really was. Like, surprisingly I was expecting it to be way shittier than it was yeah i they did it well i didn't really remember if there was a scene where they were directly in the same place like that or not but obviously there is they only did it twice yeah because they they knew it was gonna look a little fishy but still really well done especially you know for the time that it was but that willow villa is holding willow from behind so their heads are directly next to each other that's a hard video edit to do. Giggity. Oh, you meant difficult. Okay. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> so evil Willow. My favorite line in this whole scene, this whole sequence, though, is that Willow looks at Willow and is like, "What do I want with you?" Or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She should have said, "What do you want with me?" But it is her, and yeah. <laughs> I see what they did there. I mean. Honestly, I think I would be just as fucking confused. Well, sure. Or turned on the way that Villo is. Villo definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, she's having her evil little speech and she she's like, well, maybe I'll bring you around to my way of thinking and gives her neck a good lick. And yeah. it's like, want to be bad? Villo gets and <laughs> Willow leaps away, and I'm surprised that Willow lets her. And she says, this just can't get more disturbing. And I'm like, oh, that's where you're insanely wrong. Just just wrong, Willow. There are far more disturbing things. Yep. Uh, this is just neat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Willow throws Willow over the counter when Willow puts a cross in her face. Yep. And Willow grabs a hold of the Trank gun, specifically for Oz, and shoots Villa with it. And point of order, vampires don't have beating hearts, therefore they would not spread the Trank chemical throughout their body? Because 
and you know we don't think too hard about that around here this but, is this is beer with buffy not adderall with buffy or scientific journals with buffy i'm on adderall and i like scientific journals though well go fuck yourself and uh drink more beer <laughs> yes because this is beer with buffy okay uh after the commercial giles and the rest of the scoobies drag Willow into the book cage. Willow says, that's me as a vampire? So evil and skanky. And, and I, I think, think I'm, I'm kind of gay. gay. <laughs> <laughs> so- <laughs> oh, I love that line so much. And I tried looking this up and I didn't, I couldn't find an answer but I just want to know if this line was kind of a throwaway thing or they were really trying to foreshadow the later the later seasons where she is gay. Yeah, it really works out either way, honestly. But and this is what we were talking about a little bit earlier regarding um, your theory about why Xandron Willow and Spike and Angel all turn into some of the most sadistic and fun evil bad guys when yeah. they turn into vampires. Because Buffy here says, Willow, just remember, a vampire's personality has nothing to do with the person it was. And Angel says, well, actually, uh, and thinks better of it. No, that's a good point, he says. Yeah. So. So, yeah, I think. Just that little throwaway line from Angel there. Now, we now know that canonically in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a vampire's personality is not just a new, a completely new being forced into right. the body. It is tied to the person that you were before you died. Yep. Yeah. And the scary fuckers are the ones who are the most tortured in life. It would seem so. I do not have any evidence to disprove that. So it would seem we are onto something. But beyond that evil... <laughs> so but the Scoobies decide they're going to trick the vamps with the real Willow dressed as Willow. Yeah, so Buffy has a terrible idea that she doesn't expound upon very well or at all before we cut back to the bronze. We get to see Willow in the Dominatrix vampire suit. We get our first view of Willow as Willow and shit starts to get confusing in a classic Shakespearean scenario. That sounds about right. Yeah. Then we get a, a line here from Willow. As soon as she's on camera, she says, it's a little binding. I guess vampires don't really have to breathe. As she says that she glances down at her boobs and she says, gosh, look at those. <laughs> <Surprise>. <laughs> like a dog scared of its own shadow. And I can't stop looking at those. We know, Rex. We know. So She looks really good in a corset. I'm a fan of corsets. <laughs> so they don't really tell us what the plan is here, but they're like, Willow, don't be a hero. We're going to be right outside. And she walks so fucking awkwardly up to the main entrance of the bronze and knocks on the door. And I'm like, God, this is going to fucking be good. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. But it's going to be good. The vampire opens the door and she's like, hi, I'm back. <laughs> like no attempt whatsoever to actually act the part well it's not that she isn't attempting it's just that this is willow <laughs> she 
you know, Allison Hannigan is super talented. Yeah. But Willow, not an actress, turns out. My favorite fucking part of this entire goddamn scene is as she she's talking to the, the head vamp and Anya trying to convince them that it's Willow and not Willow. And while this whole scene is going on, she like will walk up to a random vampire and is like, there's a noise outside. You should go check that out. Yeah, just slowly <laughs> picking them off one by one by pointing them out the door to where Buffy's picking them off. And then talk, talk, talk to Anya and vampire again. Step up to another vampire. He's taking a long time. Go check out what the problem is. But I think she only managed to take care of two vampires that three. way. Three? Specifically three. Okay, I only caught two. <laughs> but that's good. Because, I mean, there were like ten at least. But, you know, every little bit counts, I guess. And her speech here is kind of funny because she ends up getting a little moment to kind of berate herself for her behavior yeah. from earlier in the episode. She was like, oh, Willow, I killed her because she was so helpless and gets cranky at her friends for no reason and lets people just walk all over her while she's sending people outside and oh my god it was like probably the dumbest thing she did the whole time she does this little air quotes discreet wave at oz right i'm like oh like none of the vampires saw that we should figure out what kind of deal this is i mean is it a gathering a shindig or a hootenanny whole gathering is Mellow song stylings. Shindig dip. Less mellow song stylings, perhaps a large amount of malt beverage. And hoot nanny. What's chock full of hoot? Just a little bit of nanny. Real quick cut back to the library where we see Villo is in the pink willow clothes. <laughs> they took the time to undress the unconscious vampire, dress Willow in the unconscious vampire's clothes and then dress the unconscious vampire in Willow's clothes. They did. Probably Just throw a sheet over her, man. <laughs> That's well, a lot of work to dress an unconscious person. There were like 5 of them. They that actually probably wouldn't have taken very long. If you think about it. Uh, excuse me. The only two people that helped do any sort of dressing or undressing of Vampire Willow was Willow and Buffy. Do you honestly think Xander, Angel, or Giles helped them make Willow naked? Maybe. I. What does it matter? It's Willow! It is Willow, sure. But, you know, extenuating circumstances, man. It was only Willow and Buffy who made Willow naked. If you say so. And you do. So, yes. <laughs> But Cordy shows up. <laughs> uh, Willow's trying to get Cordy to let her out of the cage, but Cordy wants to corner her and talk about relationships. Yeah. She's, a, she's just about to let Willow out, and I'm like, oh no, don't fall for it. No, it's going to make so many plot complications that we're not going to know how to deal with right off. And there's only like 10 minutes of the episode left. What are we going to do? And then Cordelia is a hero without even knowing it because she's just about to turn the key. And she's like, you know, I haven't properly had a chance to talk to you while you're locked up. <laughs> Let's discuss the ethics of boyfriend stealing. Then cut back to the bronze where Anya suspects that Willow is actually Willow in disguise and they start arguing. Yeah. And then we cut back to the library, yep. right? 
where Villo is really, really unamused. About as bored to death as an undead creature can be. But is still playing the situation just well enough. She's staring at Cordelia's neck. And I love this part because Cordelia's like, do I have something on my neck? Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) Oh, God, is it a zit? (laughs) So... Anyway, Cordelia finally lets her out, and Villo immediately vamps out and chases her around the school. And then Wesley happens to show up and save her. And uh, for the record, for the first time, I will actually say this and mean it, luckily, Wesley was there. Yeah. Yeah. Because he does scare Villo off Mm -hmm. and saves Cordy. Like, in a really derpy way. Oh, yeah. Like, he fucking... So, he holds up this this cross, and then he's like, oh. And then he also pulls out his holy water and just holds the bottle at her face. And everything about Villo's face is like, you're such a turd. <laughs> <laughs> and then after saving Cordy from Villo, <coughs> they get a little creepy. I kind of got the impression that she was into him the first time they met anyway. Oh, yeah. They they play that up quite a bit. Actually. Yeah. I thought it was very telling that Wesley was like, was that Willow? And Cordy was like, yeah. So what are you doing tonight? Psychopath. Wow. Yeah. I, you can't possibly hate Willow that much to be completely callous about her death. Right. But it was funny. That was definitely was where funny, the yeah. that was definitely where the joke was. And then cut back to the bronze. The bronze. My favorite fucking line here. So Anya and Willow are arguing about who's real, who's the bad guy, who deserves to be killed. And then finally Willow's like, Oh, yeah. Can a human do this? And then screams. (laughs) And then Anya and the vampire, like, look at each other and they're like, "Uh, yeah, humans Uh, do that all the time. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then in comes Buffy and Angel and Giles and Xander and everyone kicks some ass. Yeah, because apparently that's the cue for uh, okay, the gig, the the gig or the jig or the, the something is up. Vaudeville is not dead. Get your asses in here and fight some fuckers. But as soon as the fight breaks out, Willow fucking punches Anya in the face. <laughs> yeah. And she's she's like, like, ow, ow. I mean, happy, but ow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was excellent. Yeah, and then fighting ensues. And uh, we get a, a good no-look pool stick kill again. Yeah, Buffy is really good at those pool stick cues or at those pool cue kills. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the ones where she doesn't look. Which, yeah, you kind of said all that in uh, one sentence. Yes. Cool. Apparently I'm better at this than you. Cool, cool, cool. Yes, that is the conclusion I also <laughs> came to. Uh, so I'm officially leaving beer with Buffy. Oh, please, God, no. I can't edit this. Rex is going to do this all by himself. You're the best editor. Please, God, don't leave. I'm just going to sit and watch and laugh. Keanu, please keep (laughs) Josh interested enough to continue editing this podcast. Keanu can't save (laughs) you now. Anyway. (laughs) The fight is not bad. Yeah, whatever. We Um, get a couple of good kills, but 
Oz takes Willow backstage. Giles and Xander are making a fairly decent team, taking a vamps out where Xander is the brawn and Giles is the staker. Well, Xander's good bait. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just feel like we don't see enough Ripper in Giles in the normal fights. Yeah. I I would have liked to have seen a lot more just fucking insane and excited to be fighting Giles. We get that more later seasons, I think. Yeah? yeah. I hope so. That'll be fun. So um, backstage with Oz and Willow, uh, Willow shows up and she just hurdles Oz backstage like a yeah. ragdoll. Like a ragdoll. Willow has one last decent line here. She says... No more snuggles? <laughs> and she said that with some conviction. She wanted some fucking snuggles, goddammit. But Buffy, after all the vampires are dead, Buffy goes to almost kill Willow, but Willow stops her from killing Willow. God, this is a confusing episode. Too many Willow sounds. Only for you, Rex. Only for you. Yeah, so Buffy has some great reflexes because just as she's about to bring the the stake down and kill Willow from, you know, staking her through the back into the heart, she manages to stop because they need Willow for the spell to set this horse shit right. But they don't need to set anything right. No, they really didn't. It's just that Willow doesn't feel right killing Willow. So Willow wants to do the spell again to send Willow back to her world. Sure. So they go to the warehouse. They send her back to her world. Willow's cooperative because she just wants to fucking go home. Mm-hmm. And she immediately gets fucking killed. Yep. Because as they established towards the beginning of the episode, she gets pulled out of the final fight scene of The Wish to have this little side adventure and then she gets put back right where she got pulled out and immediately shoved back onto a broken piece of plywood or whatever. Yep. And then cut to the next day at school. Willow and Buffy are sitting outside the school talking about all the shit that happened. And Willow is worried about where Vice leads you and she's going to be the goody goodiest two-shoes ever that goody goody two-shoed. Yeah, she turns Buffy down for an invitation to go out and do something tonight. But then Percy shows up. And let me tell you, getting your ass handed to you by a woman who is half your size and half your weight sets your ass straight, my friend. Yeah, it absolutely would. Especially when you didn't know that it was actually just an evil doppelganger. Yeah. Um, But also... Percy's just like a dog. He just needed a strong alpha to respond to. <laughs> like, Snyder could have just kicked his ass and probably gotten the same effect. But, you know, you can't do that with students. But, no, he does. <laughs> He's super whipped now. Yep, he wrote two paper outlines and a bibliography. On both of the President Roosevelt's because he didn't know which one to do the report on, which I think is hilarious. Right. And then he leaves her an apple and skulks away. And then the last line Willow gives is, so nine sound good? <laughs> Gerarg. Gerarg. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. As soon as the sun goes down, down, down. 
God, this is a really good episode. <laughs> it was a very good episode, which always scares me because then I'm like, man, what are we going to joke about? We liked it too much. Right. Shit. Yeah. Well, well, let's do quotes of the day real quick. What was your quote of the day, Rex? I've decided I'm going to do my quote of the day first so that you don't steal mine. So my quote of the day, Rex, is Willow's line. Say, you guys didn't happen to do a bunch of drugs, did you? <laughs> that is so good. I'm going to have to say that my quote of the day, they finally catch Willow. They lock her in the cage and Willow says, that's me as a vampire. So evil and skanky and I think I'm kind of gay. <laughs> Definitely a very good one. Yeah. I think uh, my my runner up to both of those lines is Xander's line. Right after Giles says, uh, something very strange is happening. Yeah. And Xander says, and can you believe the Watchers Council let this guy go or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that's exactly what he says. So, yeah. Very quotable I, episode. I almost picked the exchange between uh, him, uh, between Giles and Xander about how Willow is way better than Xander. Uh, but oh. honestly, <laughs> honestly, though, this is a Willow episode. Willow deserves both fucking quotes of the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We did both give them to Willow. Great. Yeah. No, she yeah. really did. Just damn it, Allison Hannigan. You did that shit up. So obviously we both fucking loved this episode. Yes, completely. Absolutely fantastic. Fun fact of the day for this episode was that this episode was solely written by Joss Whedon only because he loved Willow as a vampire so damn much from the one-off Wish episode that he's like, you know what? I gotta write that character in one more time. And I'm so fucking glad he did. But no, that man's an amazing writer. It's pretty easy to tell which episodes are are very Joss Whedon wrote it. Yeah, I'm never surprised when I love an episode and I'm like, oh, Joss Whedon wrote that one all by himself? Well, fucking duh. It's always the ones where the, it's like, Oh, this scene has a quotable line. Oh, this scene has a quotable line. This scene has another quote. This one has two. Uh-huh. Because that's just that's just his writing. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't I don't really feel the need to go into it in no, that's uh, it. it was great. I'm sure you probably loved this episode too. Honestly, there was a lot more going on in the wish that I would have loved to have seen come back as well. Mainly, I think Xander, I think we get another episode that jumps back to that same fucking world again. Okay, well, that's fun. Yeah, I think Xander was excellent, excellently evil as well. That's that's really all I, I they could have brought Xander into the fold as well. But yeah. I'll settle for Willow and maybe we'll get to see Xander again later. Like you just said, couldn't it have just been completely fucking badass if somehow this episode had brought evil Xander and evil Willow into the fold and they became a season baddie. Oh, I just wet myself a little. That would have been awesome. Ooh. Oh, missed opportunities. Very much so. What are you going to do? And it would have saved on casting costs. <laughs> right? Well, that's kind of what they do later. Anyway, this has been Beer with Buffy. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, give us a review on iTunes. We still have a t-shirt contest going on. You can look up all of our 
official rules for the t-shirt contest on patreon.com slash beer with Buffy. It's still going on up through the end of August. You can always email us with any questions, comments, or concerns at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. You can also do the same thing in the form of a voicemail or a text at 269-743-0783. As always, a big shout out and thank you to Benjamin Alexander and Reggie Page for all of our fantastic opening, closing, and transition music. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Keanu Speed, Josh. Reeves be with you. done why are we watching this <laughs>